Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Good Tuesday morning, everybody. <laughs> Had to get my Chicago cap on real quick before we jumped on the air. And uh, big shout out to uh, my Tuesday road dog. <laughs> Happy to be here, guys. The number is 773-763-9278. It's Tuesday. And uh, Richard Chu's little quick weather report, uh, 40 degrees when I pulled up this morning. I mean, you know, we got it. We it, it goes without saying we are going to talk about the weather here because he just said, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> we were just saying how, hey, we didn't have to drive through a blizzard to get here. So, you know, no no complaints from me. And I'm always going to be happy when the sun's come, come, coming out or going to be out. And that is what we will have today. So all of you guys who are commuting by car, by bus, by train, enjoy your commute in. Look out the window and appreciate the sunshine if it's up and out by the time you hit the road. And uh, be safe in your travels. So, gosh, um, <laughs> Man, 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 man! I'll, I'm going to hold this to the after this after the first break. There's some crazy stuff that's happening, but um, some of our um, some of our interesting top stories are things that that uh, I think are are curious pieces. Um, I read that Capital One is reportedly uh, set to acquire Discover Financial, uh, that will pull these two credit major credit card uh, providers together. It's a big deal. Some somewhere in the range of twenty six point twenty seven point six billion dollars, uh, and that was announced. Uh, that was announced um, last week, or it could be. I'm sorry. It was it was tentatively um, uh, done last week, and will probably be announced today, uh, according to what I saw in the Wall Street Journal. The reason I you know start off with, and, and let me press pause for a second. The, the reason I'd like to start off with some things that are happening. Uh, outside of just the political arena is that, um, you know, you guys know that I have a, a financial uh, planning um, and financial management background, uh, an insurance background. So I like to talk about things that are in that space to some extent and uh, be able to um, just share some of those up and coming important items that are out there. But uh, Capital One and, and just Discover Card are Discover Financial, I should say, are coming together. And that may impact you guys if you have uh, Capital One card. If you have a Discover card, um, you know I would mec- I would recommend that you call either or each of those companies if you have either of those cards and just check to make sure that there if there are going to be any changes to your card and its functionality. If it's going to be any changes to the look of your card, if it's going to be changes for something as simple as your eight hundred or eight seven seven or eight 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 number. Um, as it relates to getting service, just just take that take the time today and make that phone call. They might they might be very busy, particularly if they make an announcement today. But um, make a point of just checking on your stuff so that if there is going to be a change in how your card is card is run or your cards are run, uh, and I don't know the details yet. I'm just saying that I saw this and it caught my eye, and I thought I wanted to uh, just give you guys a little bit of information in that space. Um, one of the things that I do in my other life is I, as I, uh, uh, as a planner is I'm always talking about budgeting. So I'm going to have some fun things for you guys in the weeks to come in that space. 
again, I, I was having a conversation with um, a woman who we're going to have on in March, um, and her name is Karen Fleshman, and she'll be on as a guest to talk about uh, DEI, to talk about uh, some of the very important women women's issues throughout the country, um, and to talk a little bit about race relations. Uh, but when we were uh, when I was describing some things to her about the show, I've said I said to her, and you guys have heard me say this before. I can't believe it's it's been you know two plus weeks, but I look at myself in the center, uh, a kind of a solid dot and then dotted lines to issues that are connected to many things that we all uh, deal with. And this Capital One thing is a big deal because it's about, it's about your money. And so I'll be talking about things like that as we go along. Another um, another hot story that I thought was interesting is that Apple um, is probably going to be hit with a large EU fine because uh, the regulators uh, felt that or feel that Apple has been stifling competition from Spotify and other music streamers. Now, I know most of you guys, uh, many people have either uh, either they have an Apple phone or a Droid. You know, the, there's others that are out there. But one of the big conversations that I hear a lot is what ha- what's happening with, with streaming services. And we all stream in, in some capacity. Um, but this is the first penalty, and somewhere in the range of $539 million. So, you know, Apple's getting its hand slapped. Uh, the Donald, who we'll talk about in the, sec- in the next segment, Got his hand slapped, but the penalty is the first that the EU has levied against Apple, um, and it was originally supposed to be somewhere um, close to forty billion dollars that they were looking at uh, levying a fine, uh, and largely because Spotify is, is has been um, critical of Apple's App Store and how it uh, uh, makes it difficult for people to access and use use that service. So. Um, you know, just uh, bringing you guys some updates and things that are going on. Hollywood is trying to step up its game and getting more women into leadership. Um, you know, Hollywood is regarded as, as a progressive part of our society. But um, what a research group did recently um, that tracks executives across the board, but also but more specifically women, is that it, it's finding once again um, that even in a progressive community or a progressive area, i.e. Um, Hollywood, that uh, women are still not uh, being moved into or being uh, even interviewed in many cases for leadership roles that are not on screen um, uh, acting roles, but leadership roles as it relates to how the studios are run. Um, and um, one of the things that they have been criticized for is like uh, women and, you know, other non-white males have been um, not 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 even so much provided the opportunities, but made aware of what the opportunities are to even be able to compete um, and elevate the, to those roles. So Hollywood's got to step up its game, and um, one of the things that they're they're you know trying to do through some of the executive research firms is make sure that they are that that more women are made aware of the opportunities, yet alone uh, being able to compete for them. So just a couple of things that are um, that are on the Chuster's mind this morning and thought I would share with you guys. Um, but goodness gracious, I got to tell you, with this being Black History Month, I kind of, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll candidly say someone sent me a text yesterday and said, hey, man, what's up? You, you haven't talked a lot about things in Black History Month. And I thought, ooh. Okay, I got to be I got to be uh open-minded and and kind of hear that. 
And uh, and I said, okay, well, I don't want to get defensive and try to make an excuse about it because I, I went back and looked at my notes and I said, okay, I've touched on a few things, but, um, you know, he, he was saying to me, you should be leaning into it every day. I said, okay, all right, deep breath. So uh, <laughs> I thought, all right, I, I won't take that offensively. I recognize someone's bringing me a, uh, a suggestion and I need to, need to uh, be mindful of that. So I, that being said, um, there's some there's some things that are happening uh, this month uh, that you guys should tune into. Um, HBO's got an original series or original piece called "Being Serena." Um, another HBO original is called uh, is about the supermodel uh, Danielle uh, Luna that you guys can check out. And this is this is someone that you guys may or may not have heard about. But if you're old enough, you certainly have. And her name is uh, Nikki Giovanni. And Nikki, G- Nikki Giovanni is uh, just a- an amazing, amazing, amazing woman. That's a woman who you should Google um, or pull up on YouTube and see some of the presentations that she's given over the years. Um, she is she's an amazing, amazing uh, leader and um, civil rights activist. Um, women's activists, and the list goes on. Um, and they have a HBO original on her that's called Going to Mars. You might want to check that out. And then uh, the Shackalicious uh, has an HBO original as well that you guys might want to um, to take a peek at. And last but not least is uh, my man Tiger Woods on HBO Max, um, The Rise, The Fall, and The Return. Um, and so these are five black history makers that you guys can watch. Um, and I always tell everybody black history is American history and vice versa. American history is black history. And so we have to be very, very mindful of the fact that um, just like any of our I mean, we we celebrate black history month because of the history of, of how that's been how that was put together by some of our our our. Um, uh, late great leaders. Um, but in my observation, black history is American history. So we, um, um, to my, to my friend who said, Hey man, you got to talk about black history month more, or talk about things during black history month more. I hope that, um, he's listening and I hope that he recognized that I leaned into it with, uh, five black history makers that you can watch on HBO or HBO max. So there, all right, 773-763-9278. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Choose Views. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hey, guys, we're back. Uh, this is Richard Chu. This is Choose Views. Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys had a chance to uh, check. I well, hope you have a chance to check out some of the uh, black history makers pieces that are on HBO and HBO Max. Um, it's interesting what you learn by watching some of these documentary esque um, stories. So uh, give them a look, take a peek, see what. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I haven't watched either of the five, and I, I'm going to probably lean into um, candidly or, or <laughs> obviously I'll probably lean into the Tiger Woods ones first. Um, but I definitely want to see going to Mars with Nikki, uh, the Nikki Giovanni uh, project. So. Um, take those, uh, take the opportunity to check those out. Um, all right. So listen, uh, the, the elephant in the room, this, this past few days has been 
the fines that were levied against uh, Donald Trump. And um, you guys heard me say this yesterday, and, and I'm, I, I want to make a point about something that a lot of people don't may, may have already seen or heard. Um, so yesterday and, and uh, Sunday, a lot of people were talking about the the um, the new page, uh, or not page, but the um, um, yeah, the, the GoFundMe page that was uh, was put out. And I said yesterday, not inaccurately, but certainly just not up with the times, that the page had been taken down, the GoFundMe page had been taken down. And come to find out yesterday that, in fact, that GoFundMe had said, well, maybe we'll keep it going for a while because it really didn't, according to uh, GoFundMe, it really didn't um, breach their guidelines for... um, you know, fundraising as it relates to uh, legal fees. So I guess there was some, you know, um, probably small print part of their guidelines that, that, from what I understand, is allowing them to keep the page up. But here's what I find hilarious about that is it only has, I guess as of, as of the end of the day yesterday, it had only raised somewhere in the range of um, $500,000. Which this, that's that's going to cover the interest for for you know three to five days, so uh, you know whether they leave it up or not. At the end of the day, I guess I don't really care. Um, it would be an, you know I guess the part of us that just uh, the part of many of us that just doesn't like Trump, we'd like to see it taken down because you know um, we don't want to see him reaching into people's pocket to take their money, but. Free will. Folks have that. They can choose to give him more money if they want to. But um, I would say that that's probably uh, a little cultish for me. So the GoFundMe page has still got some legs to it, apparently. And uh, whether that is good or fair, whatever, it it is what it is. Uh, But I I know that this, um, if you're going to, you know, if GoFundMe um, is going to be on the side of Trump, and you know they've they're going to allow him to keep the page up. Then, um, if someone decides to contribute money to it, then um, you're just furthering his um, his scam or his his um, what's the word his grift. So anyhow, just a, just something that I thought uh, you guys may not be aware of. But I know yesterday I said that it was down, and I and I realized that I needed to kind of uh, bring us to the current. Listen, my my new favorite on MSNBC is Chris Jansing. You guys heard me talk about Katie Turr, and you've all everybody's, uh, and I'm and I'm still leaning into this thing with Trump and the uh, and the and the the massive fine, you know. And you guys saw Katie Turr. Maybe you saw maybe you saw Katie Turr talk about is it fair um, for this for them to go after him or for this type of of, uh, of fine to be levied in this environment? Well, um, I've got this new thing that I'm saying to people who are. Um, sort of defending Trump in the media. Why don't you just acknowledge that you're not, you know, fair and unbiased as a journalist? Because for her to ask that question, is it fair? Well, it clearly is fair. It's not a question, but it's 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 fair or appropriate or right. But it's not a question of that. It's a question of what does the legal system say? You know, the legal system doesn't press pause for um, someone who commits a crime uh, let's put it this way. Let's, let's put it in this vein. Is it fair for a police officer to pull you over because you were speeding because you were late for work? 
in this environment. Okay. I'm late for work, officer. Don't pull me over. This environment says that it's not fair. I was late because I was up too late watching the game. So it's not fair to pull me over right now in this environment. You know, I mean, it's just, it's insane. And, you know, I could do Katie Turr's job right now. She is just, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I just, I don't want anybody to be offended by it. But she's just, you know, she sounds like she wants to be on Fox uh, Entertainment. Because she's not doing the job of being the journalist that I see others doing, like Chris Jansen. Chris Jansen is getting it done. She's putting in the work. So she's my new MSNBC-like, you know, quote, during the day. And I don't sit and watch NBC. I just, I will have it, um, I will will get the hits so I can see what's happening um, and what they're talking about, blah, 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 and who they have on as guests. And certainly from a standpoint of learning some things, I want to be able to be aware of what's happening. But anyhow, I'm, I'm dragging Katie a little bit this morning because um, she's she's been so um, I don't I don't want to say she's so been so much a, a, a megaphone for Donald Trump, but she has been less journalistic. Um, I'm not a journalist. I get to come on this wonderful uh, network and this wonderful station rather and talk to you guys about things that I think are important. But I'm not a journalist by any stretch of the imagination. So my my. Um, litmus test is a little bit different than hers and i think that she that msnbc needs needs to seriously review um the work that she's doing and i was talking with a friend about this um over the weekend and i said you know how how awful it must be for rachel maddow to you know kind of have to save the day many times because during the course you know she's got to she's got to come in i mean there's there's other folks that, that do great work prior to her show obviously um, but I, I just wonder what it's like for Rachel to sit in a meeting when they're all sitting around talking about, you know, what they're going to cover the, for the week or for the day. And, you know, for, for anyone that, that she has to sit there and go, Oh my God, what is wrong with this person? Where, you know, what, what, are, where, where are they coming from? And I'm sure we've all been in those types of meetings. And some people have probably been in those types of meetings with me and got, you know, what the hell is Richard talking about today? But, um, in any event, I um I just find her her work right now to be below the the caliber that we would expect from someone on a, net, a network like that. Um, I want to bounce back to the Trump uh, situation, the fine, and talk about the shoes. Uh, what I read last night is that the shoes, according to uh, some of the things that have been researched and posted, uh, and I did a little bit of um, leaning into this um, last night. Uh, apparently. And it's interesting when I when I when he first was, you know, when I first saw the first clip of the shoes um, at some uh, rally he had over the weekend, um, the thing that stood out wasn't the gold. Uh, and I'm, I'm just being completely honest about how my brain worked at that moment. And you guys may have had the same uh, reaction, but it, it's not that they're gold. What stood out to me is the fact that the bottoms are red. OK, so here's where we're going with this. Um, it was it was posted and and again I'm going to lean into this a little bit more so I'm to, to make sure that we're right on point. But from from what I understand that there may be some copyright infringements that um, have to do with the bottom of the shoes being red, all red, not partially red, because there's there's sneakers out there, there's shoes out there, there's gym shoes out there, and other shoes that have red on their bottoms, but they're not entirely red that I know of. So you know the heel might be black, and the and the 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 
the the um, the front part of the soul might be red. But from what I understand, these are red all the way through and the entire bottom. And apparently, uh, Manala Blonics trademark doesn't allow for that. They own the trademark to an entire soul being, that's kind of interesting to say, an entire soul of a shoe being red. If that's true, if that's accurate, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be your cub reporter and stay on this, but if that's true, my, 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 can you imagine that? Yet another fine or another lawsuit that's going to be dropped on his head because of his stupidity or his inability to actually be the businessman that he said that he actually is. So for all you rubes out there who are you know sending him money to this um, to this uh, uh, GoFundMe page, you might be having to send some more money if another lawsuit were to drop as it as it relates to um, copyright infringement. So. Or trademark infringement, not copyright. It's trademark infringement. So I'll get my legal stuff right. I, I do know a little bit about the right way to position and not being an attorney. But, man, I just, you know, it, it, the, the hits don't stop. The hits just don't stop. He is the worst by survey. This just came out as well. And, yeah, I'm leaning into to Donald this morning because we all need to lean into his craziness. He was... In a survey listed as the worst president ever. Not the second worst. It's kind of like Donald Trump is kind of like the state of Mississippi when it comes to education. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not dragging people in Mississippi. Don't get me wrong. I'm dragging the state and how it's run. Mississippi and Donald Trump have come in last. So for all you rubes out there who, you know, and there's not a lot of rubes who listen to our station, but for those rubes who are out there, let's put it that way, um, Donald Trump has come in, in uh, last and is in the same uh, unrarefied air as the state of Mississippi when it comes to education. Um, that's, that's quite a uh, group to be in. So in any event, I, I just, you know, I, I was looking at some of my, some of my notes and looking at some of the things that are, that are happening. And I thought, yeah, this is probably going to be that morning to lean into the Donald and to lean into his awfulness. Um, and I, and I heard, uh, one of the, one of the comments this past, uh, or uh, yesterday, yesterday morning, I think it was, that just talked about the fact that, you know, not only has he been, um, an was an awful president. He's an awful post president or former president where the reality is if Donald Trump had any sense of understanding what people really want and what people really um, appreciate in their presidents, he would have walked away because this is the worst decision he's ever made was to run for president and be, and be um, elected president. It's the worst decision he's ever made because he then had the light, the spotlight of not just, um, you know, banks and other businesses and, you know, customers on him. He had the, 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 the spotlight of the federal government and all the state governments that, you know, using it, using Georgia as an example. That's a state issue that's going to have some federal um, pieces to it. It's the worst decision he ever made because a black president decided that he was going to punk him at a, at a, uh, a correspondence dinner. <laughs> 
a sitting black president punked Donald Trump and he decided that um, that he was going to run for president. All right. Worst decision he's ever made, because now he's got all that attention focused on him and it and it just keeps, you know, wash, rinsing and repeat it, repeating when he could have just decided when he, and, and if even after running, the point I was making is even after running, losing the election, if he had just gone and sat down and said, I'm going to back away from all this. And like I said yesterday, the reason, and then we're coming, coming up on a break, the reason that the, um, that the judge, or part of the reason that the judge, and I think other judges are going to do this, uh, came down so hard is because, as it said, there was, there was a, a blatant falsification of financial data and a lack of remorse and contrition. And since, with that being part of the, the, the ruling from the judge, it tells me that the other judges are going to potentially be looking harder or the juries are going to be looking at, you know, is there any remorse coming from this dude? So if he had just gone and set his behind down after losing the election, a lot of this stuff would probably not have gone away, but I just don't think would be as intense on him. And so now he's possibly setting himself up for yet another lawsuit. Red bottom shoes. We're going to take a quick break, guys. The number is 773-763-9278. This is Richard Chu, and Chu's Views will be right back. It's Chu's Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys. Um, spoke a little bit about uh, uh, the shootings, and I said to you guys that I would lean into this a little bit more. Um, and we've got a clip that, uh, I wanted to play for you last Friday. Um, but we got, it got so hot and busy in here that we weren't, weren't able to get to it. Um, can we go to that, uh, Keith Oberman clip? The shooting at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City yesterday was on the sixth anniversary of the shooting at Parkland High School in Florida. And that seems at first like an astonishing and horrifying coincidence of timing, until you do a little work, very little work, and you find out that yesterday was also the 16th anniversary of the shooting at Northern Illinois University. And tomorrow will be the 26th anniversary of the stalker walking into his office in California with a thousand rounds and shooting people there. Oh, and this past Monday was 12 years since the University of Alabama at Huntsville shootings. Next Monday will be the second anniversary of the shooting in Portland during the protest for racial justice and the 17th anniversary of the shooting at Bethel High School in Alaska. And two days ago was the first anniversary of the shooting at Michigan State, three students dead plus the gunman. A week from today will be the first anniversary of Pine Hills, Florida, three dead there. A week from Sunday will be eight years since Heston, Kansas. A week from Monday will be four years since the Milwaukee Brewery and eight years since Tyrone, Missouri when the shooter went door to door. And a week from Tuesday is Chardon High in Ohio. So, uh, okay, that was, I don't even know how to, how to form my words around that. The fact that the, we've got this many anniversaries, and uh, when, I, when, I, when I was sent this clip originally, um, it was sent to me by a gentleman who um, is... Been, you know, he's been a follower of uh, the family meeting. He's been a follower of, of uh, the shows that we have on WCPT. So he's he's a he's a guy that that has to encounter and deal with people every day. And he's 
in a situation with his work um, that at any given moment, someone could walk up to him with a weapon and cause him bodily harm. So the reason that, I, that he sent this to me is that he said, you know, Richard, talk about this if you can. And I said, all right, I got you. I will. Um, and I said, you know, the other day, um, in fact, it was, it was yesterday. Apologize. Get rid of the guns. Because the situation that, that took place up in Minneapolis, is, uh, you know, every, every single time we talk about this, every, every single time something happens, I should say, we talk about it from the perspective of uh, sensible gun laws. And as I said yesterday, that's not going to work at this point. Sensible gun laws is, is uh, an easy way out. It's cute words to get around getting at the core of the problem, and that is my right, according to the Constitution, to bear arms. And I think that that is a... It's a very, um, it's a weak, it's a weak way of kicking, uh, dealing with the problem by kicking the can down the road. We can't keep doing that because the only thing that we know is going to continue to happen is people are going to die as a result of gun violence, whether it be assault weapons, which should be, that should be an easy one. We've been there before. We've had that legislation before, whether it be that or it be handguns. As I said before, I have, and many of you guys who listen may be, have, have, may be owners or have friends and family who are owners of guns. But what's happening is that we, we're, we're still dodging the, the real issue is that why do we need them? I mean, the right to do something doesn't mean that you should do, do it. I mean, I'll give you an example. My mother said this to me years ago. It was right after I got my driver's license. She said, just because you have the right of way, in terms of driving, this is, let me let me let me I'll set this up properly. It was about driving, and I just got my driver's license. And my mom and I were out and about, and she said I, I was going to turn. I had to make a right hand turn, and I had the light, had you know all that, and had the right of way. And she said to me after I made the turn and we were heading on down the, the street, she said, "Always remember this: just because you have the right of way doesn't mean you should make the turn." And, you know, sometimes we all have to do this. When our, irrespective of our age, we all have to sometimes slow ourselves down and listen to messages that we've gotten from people that care about us on a personal level, family level, professional level, and the list goes on. Listen to what that meaning is directly for that issue, but think about how that message it can broaden itself to other parts of your life. Now, I'm a real reasonably smart dude, relatively smart dude, reasonable person that understands that we have language in the Constitution that that says that that American citizens have the right to bear arms. But I have to go back to what I was just saying about my mom and this just because you have the right of way doesn't mean you should take it because there could be scenarios or, or factors that change that i.e. a truck coming through the intersection that just because you have the right of way and you decide I've got the right of way, I can turn, that I'm going to turn in front of this truck and cause havoc and hell. And that's how I see this in the gun conversation. Some of you may not see it that way, and I fully, trust me, I fully respect that. But I look at the, 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 the language and the content of the Second Amendment's wording around the right to bear arms and say, just because we have the right to, does it mean we should any longer without a, a, a tremendous amount of guideline regu- re, um, regulation and registration? That's part of the problem. 
And the other thing that I was talking with some people about this past weekend is how, what, if we're going to have, there's got to be a way to, 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 um, remunerate those who are harmed. If you're going to own it and you have the right to own it, then there has to be a way for those who are harmed by guns. And I, and I'm talking about the full spectrum, whether it be a, uh, you know, as, as, um, uh, I think it was Jim who called into the family meeting on Sunday, whether it be a Saturday night special or it be um, a uh, AR-15 and everything in between. There, there should be, there's got to be a penalty for causing harm with them just because you have the right to turn right. And that then leads to an accident. There's got, you know, the insurance companies have to pay up. I think that that should be another step to add to this in addition to changing the language in the Constitution and its work. And the reason I said yesterday that I was going to talk about this probably a couple, three times this week is because I'm tired of seeing families get destroyed because of a right to be able to do something. And that's own or the right to bear arms. Um, It doesn't say from everything I've read that you have the right to own a gun per se and Tom Hartman talks about this uh, quite a bit, and he's very scholarly in this space. It says the right to bear arms. We need to change the language so that we clean that part up because it's too vague. And we need to create a scenario where it, it's extremely hard across the country in all 50 states to own that or to have that right and exercise it. And we also need to make it less um, easy for anybody to get one. We need to penalize those who have them illegally with stiff fines, if not imprisonment. And we need to create a, um, a retribution system, a, um, a way of, of giving people back, um, uh, bringing them back to some sort of, um, level of, um, basically the insurance part, and I'm struggling with the words and I apologize, but we, we need to be able to give people some sense of we caused this thing caused harm in your life. We need to find a way to make sure that those, those, those who've been harmed, um, are, are taken care of. And I struggle with it because I know that there's, there's a tremendous amount of, of, um, legislation that would be required. And I know that on a federal level that our, Uh, elected officials on both sides of the aisle don't necessarily have the stomach to lean into this. And some of it's driven by the fact that many, those on the right and on the left, um, receive a tremendous amount of um, um, donations and funding and so forth from the lobbying groups. So, um, you know, each day this week, I, I may talk about this a little bit because it seems as though, like Keith Oberman in that piece said, we've got an anniversary um, every single day of a shooting of some sort. And it's not getting any better for those who think that it is. It's not getting any better. It's, it's, it's actually getting worse. So, um, I, I wanted to talk about that guys. And and so here we are. Um, when I, when I said earlier that the, um, the former dude was the worst president, um, that we've had, uh, that, that kind of stimulated some thinking about it. So, um, we're going to, we may grab a couple of calls before the break. Uh, we may hold off until after the break so we can lean into those, uh, going forward. Um, I think that, um, 
Uh, let's see what, yeah, we'll, we'll hold off on that until after we come back from the break. But yeah, guys, um, we, we can't shy, shy away from it. We can't peek away from it when it comes to the guns that are causing this harm. Uh, and they're all causing harm. It's not just assault rifles. Assault rifles are, are assault weapons are causing the most amount. Um, however, um, other shootings now that we're starting to see, um, like the one at the Super Bowl rally are coming from guns that are, um, not what we've labeled as the assault weapons that are coming from handguns. And that's equally part of the problem now because it's happening even more frequently. So guys, listen, we're going to take a, uh, a break shortly. And when we come back, I want to grab a couple of calls. The number is 773-763-9278. I'm Richard Chu, and this is Chu's Views. Welcome back to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Here's some things you guys, guys may not have known. Um, I know that la- a week before last, there was a lot of heat thrown at the um, the um, prosecutor, not prosecutor, but the um, gentleman from the Department of Justice who basically said President Biden was too old and too feeble to, to stand trial. And that he was basically found not guilty or without any um, real um, laws broken as it relates to these documents. Okay, well, uh, there were so many folks out there that were saying, hey, wait a minute, what's wrong with this dude, uh, her? And why did he, you know, go go so deep in terms of his commentary about the president? And from what I read, apparently White House lawyers um, wrote. Merrick Garland slamming uh, her report before it was released. So that indicates to me that the White House knew or was aware of what was going to be written. And I don't know. I have obviously I don't think any of us have seen what was actually um, in that slamming. But clearly there was awareness that um, that this report was going to get released and it was going to be as harsh as it was. So it would tell me if they were um, if they were aware of it to that extent that they knew it was coming, but more um, maybe more importantly that um, Merrick Garland didn't do anything about it. He didn't, um, and maybe that's you know once again his sort of hands off. It feels like sometimes with Merrick Garland, he just doesn't want to get in the middle of the fight, and and that's a that's a um, um, I don't know. This to me it's kind of a weak way of of being the attorney attorney general. Is that he doesn't seem like he wants to get in the middle of the fight. Doesn't seem like he wants to take these things on. He seems like he is uh, letting other people that are part of his department do the do the dirty work. And and maybe that's what so many people are frustrated with. I mean, Jack Smith is doing the dirty work when it comes to uh, the documents down in Florida with Trump. Um, and it seems as though Merrick Garland has taken kind of the high road. But that may be his his leadership style. Don't know. Uh, but that being said, that's where we are. But apparently the White House did did slam the report and they were aware of it prior to it being released. So um, my man's Alex is busy this morning grabbing these phones. So um, let's take a peek at a couple of comments that we have. Let's go to Alan uh, calling from, it seems, Chicago. Good morning, Alan. Thanks for calling Choose Views. Hi. Uh, the... Uh Second Amendment is always not read in totality. It's a complete thought. Instead, the right to bear arms in a well-organized and regulated militia. And that means 
back in that time, we did not have a standing army. Right. So you just like being in Switzerland now, they don't have a standing army. Everybody goes in under the age of 55 and has to go to training, and it's part of the militia. And they have guns. They don't pass out the ammunition until you go into the two-week training every year that you have to go to. Okay. Also, second second point, Garland did the editorializing of the right-wing prosecutor that they got assigned to the case should have not even included that. That was not the issue of the whole investigation. Right. And they totally ignored it and allowed the Republicans to redirect everything towards what they wanted to editorialize, which yeah. has nothing to do, you know, that's Hey, Alan, let me, sorry, let me, let me, let me ask you a question. I'm just, I'm, I'm staying with you. I'm your, I'm the other rail in your thoughts this morning. So, but I want to, I want to ask you a quick question. What are your thoughts about where we are with guns in America? I mean, I, first of all, I appreciate um, that added, you know, yes, you're right. Sometimes that, that other part, well-organized militia doesn't get, you know, put into the conversation. So so thank you for that. But what, just kind of give me, give us a little bit of texture as it relates to your view on guns. My view on guns is that it is a product designed to do one thing, harm, kill, or injure. And it does not, it should not enjoy the right of uh, not being able to be sued or brought into court. Um, It is, it was conceived of back even in the times of the Constitution, not like these AR-15s that are, you know, the bullet goes in and explodes because it creates a shockwave. It definitely doesn't just injure. It basically just kills whoever is encountering it. It uh, We should not have a blind right. Uh, in Germany, if you want to get a, a fishing license, you have to go through six weeks of training. You have to know and get a license to do that and understand it. The training in this, the vetting in this country is absurd. Uh, I I, I have no words. Appropriately, and I knew that this was going to be the case this morning um, and very probably throughout the course of this week, Alan, I was going to rile some folks up on the left of this issue, on the right and in the middle, because it is an issue that at any given moment, any one of us can be impacted by by this. So thank you for... Yeah, um, just just take a... Take a look at the number of mass shootings per year, and they only—I think—they classify mass shootings at uh, four four casualties. That's correct. And we've had more than the number of days in the year so far yes, of we mass have. shootings. Yes, this we is have. ridiculous. No other country has this. Yeah, it, it, it no is. No other country. It, it, it is, and, and, and I, I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. I don't mean to do that, Alan. I apologize. Yeah. And what about our health care system? We're the, yeah, I mean, we're, this country has absolutely gone insane, and it's all because of, of, well, you got me, you could get me into another thing of two treasonous presidents, Nixon and Reagan. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then we've got a court system that pushed through Bush instead of Gore because they would not allow the courts, I mean, the courts, prevented us from counting all the votes. Yeah. You know. Alan, deep breath, my man. Big hug from me. (laughs) 
<laughs> and a deep breath. I didn't mean to get you that okay. riled up this morning, but I'm glad I did because I want us to be thinking on these topics. And I'm honored that you would give us a call with a little bit of data about what's happening yep. in other other uh, first world uh, nations as it relates to their yep. uh, uh, allowance of, of, of guns and such. So, Alan, thank you for your new Thank you for your new show. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Make sure you call us back. Um, I'm always, as, as you may have heard me say, I know a lot, but I don't know everything. And I appreciate the added uh, commentary from, from guys like you. So make it a great day. Get out and get yourself some fresh air in your lungs. And we appreciate your call. Oh, thank you. All right, okay. Alan. Bye-bye. Be, be well. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see where we are. Okay, cool. Let's see. Let's grab a couple other quick calls. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's talk to... Kurt, let's talk to Kurt real quick. Good morning, Kurt. Welcome to Choose Views. Well, good morning, Richard from Akron, Ohio. What you and doing in Akron, Ohio, man? <laughs> I'm living and working in Akron, Ohio, is what I am. But hey, hi, Karen, your friend Karen. Hey, great Kay. podcast. Yes, she has uh, a great, great one. Podcast. Um, but anyway. Um, did you notice the top 10 in that poll about the president's rankings? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Go ahead. <laughs> Every president from 1933, so let's say Franklin Roosevelt, March 4th, 1933, yep. to January 20th, 1969, so that would be Lyndon Johnson. Yep. Every president in that time frame was in the top 10. Yep. So what does that tell you that the American people are hungry for? I don't know. Kurt, don't be calling in here with all this smart stuff. <laughs> it's because people want to go back to a strong middle class. They want to be able to afford to do things. They don't want this Reagan era BS that we've had for the last 40 years that has basically gutted our middle class to the point that everyone has nothing at this point. You're either rich or you're poor now. So Kurt, let, me, I mean, let me, let me ask you a question along with that. I, I didn't want to steal your thunder here. Here's, oh, fine. here's my, here's my other thought about that in terms of what you just said. Okay. When I looked at that ranking, I thought the other, the, 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 the thing that I took from that is they want presidents that are thinkers not bullies. And if you and if you look at those who leaned into a strong middle class, a strong uh, uh, an industrial growth mindset, a strong education system, all those things, those were presidents who were collaborative thinkers. You heard me talk about this yesterday with regard yep. with regard to Schnick and how they were able to move things forward. They wanted to have they wanted a president or an administration or leaders that were going to be uh, kind to them, conversant. Right. With, I mean, they wanted somebody. And, and so if you think about the other presidents, the ones that weren't in that top 10 or ones that weren't ranked well, there's something about their personality. Let's think, let's just talk about Reagan for a second. He was who was two points behind Biden, by the way. Said, right. Which, but you know, he was considered the great communicator or whatever the hell it was. But most of the yeah. time, Reagan was talking down to people, talking about people. Yeah. If you remember that, mm-hmm. and I don't know what your chronological age is, but oh yeah, uh, I remember he, very well. And 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 Bush, Bush one. Um, Again, that sort of I'm daddy, I'm in charge, listen to me. His son, same thing. Listen to us. I'm the spoiled brat. I, I'm the spoiled brat. My daddy was president and I yeah. Yeah. But you know, it also comes down to like you said, people you put in the administration, like for instance, FDR. 
albeit a crook, Joseph P. Kennedy was the first Security and Exchange Commissioner. What did Joseph P. Kennedy do? He taxed people's uh, capital gains, pennies on the dollar, and he used that, or we used that in this country for the next 35, 40 years to make sure that the country subsidized 80% of higher public education and you were only responsible for 20%. And look at all the smart people we have uh, as a result, or I should say educated people that we have. Well, look at it. Look at, all the, look at the age of bargaining. Look at the age of bargaining during that time. All the legislation that was passed, civil yeah. rights, uh, science, medicine, anything like that. Um, you name it. During that time period, that's what they call the age of bargaining. And yeah. now we're in an age of hyperpartisanship, without a doubt, and it, and it hasn't gotten any better because we. I don't feel that there's collaboration and that there's not a the, the leadership. Thank you, Duke Gingrich. Yeah, yeah, I know. What did what did he say? Um, we're the opposition. Don't talk to anybody on the other side of the aisle. Right. We're the opposition party. We're, our job is to is to oppose. We're to say no, to, no, no. Yeah, and so uh, that's a loser mentality to to use a word. That's a loser. It, it's that's a, just a recipe for failure for this I, country. I don't have the capacity. Neither do I have the desire. Well, no, I don't have the desire because I don't have the capacity to communicate with you about getting things done. Um, and yet many of these people are revered and then you heard me say this, you probably heard me say this on, on the pod, not the podcast, but, um, on the call, um, that people are still referring to former officials as speaker Gingrich and Senator Santorum and all these other sort of, yep. you know, what the hell they're done. They haven't been doing it. They haven't been elected in, in, in decades, but yet you have people that are still referring to them with their old. Come on, these people have these people have negatively affected Let's the call country. It Mister and Madam, yeah, you know, and, and and leave it at that. So, or if they're a doctor, call them doctor. It maybe, <laughs> maybe depends on depends on what they did. <laughs> depends on what they did. Kurt, what you got planned? Hey, what you got planned for the rest of the day today? Oh, I'm going to be working on some Medicaid applications for my patients. That's oh. about it. Well, good for you. Good for you. Well, listen. Call us back. I love the banter and I love the intellect that you bring. So we greatly appreciate that, man. Be safe. Well, today. Thank you. And again, great job on Karen and Anita's podcast the other day. I appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it, Kurt. You have a great day. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. How about that? Kurt calling us from Akron, Ohio. He did say Akron, didn't he? Yeah, he did say Akron. Okay. I don't want to mess that up. Listen, guys, we're going to take a quick break. It's been kind of goofy the last few minutes. The number here is 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Hey guys, welcome back to Choose Views. The number is 773-763-9278. I want you guys to kind of lean into and look into this a little bit. Uh, the state of West Virginia House, uh, the West Virginia House passed a, a bill allowing prosecution of librarians based on books that are in their libraries. Guys, lean into that a little bit. Take a quick peek and give me your thoughts about it. Uh, this was something that I read in... Um, uh, the news and Sentinel uh, on news and Sentinel.com. Uh, not to stray away too far from where we were before we went to the um, top of the hour break. Um, we, we definitely have a gun issue. We got it. We got it. We, we have a mental health issue. Certainly 
but take away the guns and you aren't going to shoot up. Um, even with a, a handgun that has, you know, multiple, uh, was it multiple magazine capacity? Um, that's not considered an AR-15 or an assault weapon. Uh, even those are causing uh, harm and carnage. Uh, so, you know, a couple people have leaned in this morning on this, and we've got a few others that we're going to go to in a bit. But I do want to talk about something that I, I always like to do on my show, and it's me, me just being thankful for being here. As much as you guys say you're happy that I'm here in this slot, uh, I'm equally happy and thankful to be here uh, with you guys. So I want to give a couple of shout-outs to the folks on Facebook Live. Uh, I know that some of you have posted some some comments, some thank yous, and some uh, comments on our subject matter. So I want to let you know that um, Alex did say, hey, Richard, by the way. And so uh, there's some folks that, that I wanted to let you know that we do, we do see your comments. And as I'm continuing to get up to speed in that space, um, I'll try to respond uh, real time. But thank you, those on Facebook Live. And also, thank you. Uh, if you want to, uh, to to see the show or hear the show again, um, you can pull it up on Facebook Live. And you can't by going to WCPT's site. Is that correct, um, Alex? Uh, yes, WCPT 820 Facebook Live and also WCPT 820 on SoundCloud.com. You can always catch Richard Choose, Choose Views. See there? I told you he knew what he was doing. So I uh, during the break, you know, I was asking him some questions about a few things. And he said, this is how it works. And I said, OK, how about this? And he said, you can Google that. So, you know, I um, I'm the first person to throw myself under the bus when it comes to things that I don't know, because I have no problem saying, help me understand this. Um Another question. So, so anyhow, just a, some shout outs and thank you to you guys for your ongoing support of our station and most certainly uh, of this show. Um, and I want to give my second hour uh, shout outs to Jennifer, Kimberly Johnson, Arbitrary, uh, Liz, uh, gosh, Calamity, um, uh, Brooks, It's the Gun, uh, Indy Armor. Leslie, Paul, Deborah, you guys are awesome, and I will I will throw out your names. I'll give you shout outs um, every day because um, the support of what we do is important, and I think the stronger we work together, it gives us the ability to keep moving forward and keep doing what we do. So um, that's those are my shout outs this morning. Um, okay, so I was asked this question online by someone that says, Richard, why do you think, why is it that we consistently, consistently, consistently are seeing Republicans, you know, and they're ramping this up now in terms of they're not, uh, they're not even, all they're doing right now is focusing their energy on, um, on uh, tearing down uh, what President Biden is doing, what the administration is doing, and what many others are doing um, in the Republican Party, particularly in the House. And so I, I had a couple thoughts about this that I want to kind of lean into. Tell me policy that Republicans since the 2020 uh, two midterms, what the Republicans in the House, tell me policy that they've actually brought to the floor, voted on and gotten passed. Policy, not punishment. Punishment, obviously, in terms of the impeachment of of um, of Mayorkas. Tell me some policy. I'm curious. You guys can call in and answer that question. Maybe I missed something. And if I have, I, we'll talk about it. But that's, to me, at the base of, uh, or it, it is the baseline of why Republicans are just, you know, focusing their ire on President Biden, his son, uh, members of the cabinet, in this case, Mayorkas, and, and uh, in his role as secretary, and the list goes on. 
So, th- so, so my, my question is why? And it's real simple. And I was asked this question. So this is a reason, the reason that I'm bringing it to the show this morning. And we'll talk about this on and on forever and ever until it changes, which it won't until we remove them from office with better representatives, hopefully on the left, is that they have no policy. They have no policies that they're legislating for. for. They're not legislating. They're simply there to create chaos and havoc. So their constituents, though, are allowing this to happen because when you think about it, they're still voting for them. So it tells me that many of the folks in this country are just concerned about chaos and havoc. Because if they, the voters were truly concerned about legislation as the candidates on the right campaign on, then the citizens that vote for those candidates, those officials on the right, they would require more of them. You can only, you listen, you, you would think that the Republicans could walk and chew gum at the same time. So let's just say that they're genuine in their effort as it relates to the border, the southern border crisis. I'd like to be specific because we have four of them. So you mean to tell me that you can't legislate that to success and work on other issues that are going to be beneficial to your constituents that are that are economic policies that are going to raise the minimum wage? But they don't. I mean, and this is where I just look at Republican voters and I think, what is wrong with you? I mean, seriously, how could you not want your legislators if they're acting in your permanent or better interest to legislate for a better wage. Because let me be honest with this, based on the data, the states that many of the Republicans are elected from have some of the lowest education. They have some of the lowest um, safety and housing. They have some of the highest insurance rates on property. They have some of the lowest growing wages. But yet, the Republican, the, the, those voters keep voting the same people in that aren't going to Washington to fix that stuff on a federal level. So sometimes I think, let's not be upset with the with the uh, the folks that get elected. Maybe we should just be, we should look at the people who are voting them into office and recognize that, as Eric Grant says oftentimes on the family meeting, that's just who they are. That's just who the country is. In that part, of, in those those parts of the country, because the results, I mean, I'm not making this up. The results would be different in a re, in a red state. You go, hey, wait a minute. I voted for you to change these things, but they're not changing because the wages aren't going up. Insurance rates on property is not going down. Health care benefits are not getting better. Educational systems, and let's be honest, are you trying to tell me that Arkansas is is laden with a lot of private schools for education? No. Louisiana? No. The list goes on. Montana? No. So it's the voters, y'all. And yes, that's where we get stuck sometimes and off point trying to change voters' minds. We, meaning progressives, trying to get some of them to come our way to have things be better for all of us. But it just tells me that maybe they really don't give a damn. And all the smoke that they're throwing up about, you know, 
uh, fix the border, you know, d- lower my taxes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, really isn't reality. Because I, I'm, I would think that they are not that uninformed to see that. And this is why the, the New York race, this is why I want people to pay attention to this. The New York race, the District 3 with uh, uh, Tom Swazi is so critically important to understand messaging for other Dems that are running in House races, Senate races, federally and on a state level. He took care of the base, the foundation, and then he leaned into the things that were going to draw those that are center right to the middle to vote for him. That's been documented already. There were interviews that were done real time prior to the the election and and post the election uh, exit interviews where just on the conversation about the border, about the funding for the southern the, the, uh, security for the southern border, seeing that Republicans blew that deal up caused a lot of voters to say, I don't I can't vote for this inexperienced candidate that they put up on the right. That's significant. So in some cases, I think voters are willing to listen to a message that's truly tr- going to help them. And I would say to more Democratic candidates that are running, that's a. It's 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 applicable if you message it properly what Tom Swazi did. But again, I come back to before we go to this break, I come back to the simple fact that it's the voters, y'all. It's not just the candidates. The voters have got to raise their you know, they got to raise their brand. And, you know, part of our effort does have to be to help those who are are gettable once we secure our base that we have to we do have to kind of reach across the aisle, so to speak, to get those people um, to see things a little bit different, a little bit better for themselves. Break time, y'all. 773-763-9278. This is Choose Views, and we will be right back. You're listening to Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, welcome back. Choose Views. We're going to go to some quick calls because you guys have been patiently waiting. Let's uh, let's go to Diane in Arlington Heights. Good morning, Diane. Welcome to Choose Views. How are you? Oh, I've been better. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, sorry. I'm trying to make you think, Richard, to teach what I see. I can extrapolate. Okay. I told you on another program, okay, you started this show with um, women are getting more power in the film industry. Actually, That's old the- women are getting more power. Well, I'm going to correct you. I'm going to correct you right out of the gate. I did not say that women were getting more power. That's actually not what I said. I said that. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you intentionally. I said that Hollywood realized that they weren't as progressive as they thought they were when it comes to women in power in the industry and that they, based on the data that had been put in front of them, they needed to correct that. So I didn't say women were getting more power in Hollywood. I said they were deficient and they need to change. Carry on. That's how I extrapolate and you explained what I said. Okay, and then you recommended a whole bunch of docudramas. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, well, you have to, I'm poor, whatever. I have to pay for those. I don't pay for anything I don't want. Okay. Um, I, I pay taxes. I go to the library, and I treat my library as a garage sale. I look for what <laughs> I don't know. Okay? 
I like true stories. So I told you on another program about defender beacons, uh, beacons for defense, whatever that was, mm-hmm. and that's an old old docudrama that is about a town in Louisiana where the black men used guns and the law to have the federal government come in and and enforce the state laws. And it doesn't say that, but I have since learned that docudramas, especially the older ones, mm-hmm. don't tell you don't tell you the whole facts. And well, I've, I've learned that I've learned that a lot of times, Diane. And thank you so much for the call this morning. I've learned that a lot of dramas, and let's let's be honest, a movie if it's two and a half hours long is gonna, it, you know, the, it, there's a reason that they get nominated for editing because they have to edit that stuff down. There's a reason that some of the TV shows and the TV dramas, and to your point, the documentaries or docudramas. You know, the the challenge that they have, and I'm not, you know, passing this off, but the challenge that they have is to fit everything into a certain period of time. So sometimes some of the best things to watch when it comes to historical perspectives are those six, eight, ten episode series, because then the writers and the developers and all that and the historians have more time to put together and, to your point, include so much of what can be left out or left on the quote unquote editing floor. Um, so yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there, and that's that's definitely a good observation. Can I? I want to recommend because when I talked to you, when you were talking to Dr. Josh on Sunday, and asked if they went back far enough to rock and roll, and I explained there why it was bad. I see. I see equality overall. Um, not in colors and not in words. Um, you don't have to worry about the NRA because they're filing for bankruptcy, so their voice was taken away, okay? I would like you, what I saw in the real documentary, Little Richard went to, he was black, he was bad, he was gay, um, he tried getting married, he tried religion, and he went back to himself. But he never got any money for all the stuff that he did. Ooh, and plus whatever his first song was, which I don't re- I know if you hear the words, but Pat Boone did it, and Pat Boone made a lot of money off of it. And that was because Little Richard could talk fast, um, black for the wrong word, whatever, um, and Pat Boone could talk white and slow and whatever. I would also like to recommend the Loyola Project, and that's Loyola in Chicago, and it's in 1963, I think, and I wasn't aware of what happened. Um, Loyola had a a lousy basketball team because sorry, men always go into sports, and and I hate sports, but I'll do any true drama, whatever. no, I, okay. it, it, I was just chuckling when you said you hate sports. It's uh, it's one of those things where where uh, a, a lot of people are not necessarily the best sports uh, followers, and I can respect that. Diane, we're going to jump because we're going to be coming up on a break, and i got to grab a few other callers. Thank you, as always, for coming in and keeping us on the rails, Diane. Have a great day today, and get out and get some fresh air in your lungs. Appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go back to something she started with in terms of, of um, uh, the affordability, if you will, of streaming and all that. But I'm not going to I'm not going to lean away from uh, this. What I said earlier about the five black history makers uh, being Serena, Daniel Luna, uh, Nikki Giovanni going to Mars, uh, Shaq and uh, Tiger, uh, the fall, the, the rise of fall and the return. Uh, good black history makers, uh, pieces to watch. Um, and as I said before, when I was talking, when we were talking to Diane, sometimes it is hard for those who are putting together different storytelling to tell the entire story in its, in its, in, um, with all the facts and details, not that they leave anything out or, or wrong, but it's just, you know, sometimes the, the more time they have, the more opportunity they have to kind of fill the, fill the information, um, not fill, but put in the information that's needed so that they can tell a complete story. Um, that being said, we have, um, we have a really unique scenario going, going back to this thing about guns. Um, and a lot of people who have want to chime in on the issue, what I've, what I've been finding is that a lot of people are, they're, they're equally frustrated and, with, with that being said, I want to grab one more call before we go to a break. Um, let's talk to Phil from the north side. Hey, hey Phil. Hey, good, Richard, welcome, good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. It's going to be 60 degrees in February today in Chicago. Where are we right now? Are we in Chicago for real? Seriously? I know. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Huh? I, I don't think it's a good sign, but, um, you know, uh, <laughs> it seems to be getting warmer and warmer across the board. And yeah, yet uh, there's no global warming. But uh, which, I which I mean, I, yeah, I, I hear you. And, and that's a that's a that's a whole show in and of itself. And we try to lean into yeah, it every day. Tornadoes and I, I, I don't even want that's a whole nother can of worms, my friend. <laughs> No, you're uh, right. Though. You're, you're right. The, the deniers of it. It's it's a whole. It's it's sort of like, you know, I, and the reason I talk so about the, well. talk about the weather every day when I first start the show is it. I mean, it's it's obvious that we've got these changes, and I just feel that people are not um, willing. Listen, the the people who say that that climate change is not real or that we don't have a, a climate issue. Um, I always ask, what data are you looking at? Because the data that's easiest to look exactly. at is what's right in front of you and what's happening every There's day. There's a mountain of evidence. It's, 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 it's since the, we industrialized. It's since the world, not yeah. just us, the U.S., but the U.S. has played a big part, John. When we industrialized, it was like 14 the amount of carbon that's been released in the atmosphere is the same. And this was a while back, 10 years or more ago, that it was like 14 volcanoes going off at the same time. Yeah, I so, um, I and I know it, you want to change. You know, as you destroy the atmosphere. No, you're right. I, I, there's a, there was a, um, an event that took place last year. Um, that involved Gates, uh, Bill Gates, Prince William, and, and, and a number of, number of other in, um, influencers. Um, it's called the Earthshot Prize, and it was um, something you guys can pull up. Google it. Google Earthshot Prize, and it talks about uh, it's it was it's a conference. And it was a contest about um, ideas to help solve and to help solve and move the needle 
with regard to the climate crisis. Something to take a look at. I wanted to mention that earlier, but um, um, it just slipped my notes. But check that out. Earthshot Prize. Uh, and it's tied into Bloomberg, which I, I do follow because there's a, a good balance of information there. Hey, Phil, you wanted to talk about guns, uh, the gun issue. What's up? Okay. What's going on there? Well, look, climate change, my last thing on that really quickly is the people who don't believe in it, I don't care how much evidence. They're in a cult. They, they live in an alternate <laughs> reality. You will never change their mind. So don't, you can argue with them until you're blue in the face, and you'll just get blue in the face. <laughs> they're, literally, they're in a cult, and they live in a... In an alternate reality, so yeah, that's, that's what I've got to say about that. Okay, <laughs> with guns, uh, I'm an old guy, and uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, I hate to admit this, but the Republicans play the long game, and they stick to it, man. I'm so old. I remember in the in the 70s, as a kid, I was a nerd, and I read Popular Mechanics. Yeah, and. Uh, Popular Mechanics got bought out by a kind of uh, white nationalist, theocratic, um, some kind of an organization. So they used to cover guns. And it was a matter of fact, kind of, you know, unbiased. And, you know, because guns are a mechanical, um, you know, uh, entity or component or whatever. So they would get... You know, it's hard to explain. They cover guns because they cover mechanics, and it was it was unbiased, and it was just what new technology came out or whatever, the new nine millimeter or whatever. And when this uh, they got bought out, this is after Nixon too. I do really think this was kind of a deflection tactic uh, after how bad uh, Nixon was and everything to kind of attack Democrats and. Anyways, uh, all of a sudden, um, in popular mechanics, you started to see this fear-mongering that the Democrats, well, during the Carter years, that the Democrats were coming for, you, for your guns. Yeah. And this is going way back to the mid, you know, earlier to mid-70s. And you fast forward to today, and they've gone way beyond that. They turned it into a wedge issue. They've used fear-mongering, and I mean, I grew up, I've been through the 80s. I grew up in Albany Park. It was a really bad neighborhood during the 80s and 90s. I've seen people get shot. You know, it was very gang-infested. There was a lot of violence, and I would work with these guys on construction sites, and and these dudes, they have this fantasy that, you know, like I say, that, that... They've gone. It's gone beyond a wedge issue, and they've took the gun culture used to mean like hunting and fishing, you yeah. know, hunting. My, my some, relatives out and, in Wisconsin. And, and Phil, remember, remember this. Not not to cut you off because we got to hit this break. Um, so stay with us, and we'll come back to you after it. But I, I remember. Uh, cool. uh, yeah, let, let's hit the break, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk to Phil, and we'll wrap that up. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. This is Choose Views, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, we're back. This is Choose View 773-763-9278. Let's go back to Phil real quick. I know he's wrapping up his thoughts about uh, our gun culture. Go ahead, Phil. All right. So uh, as I was talking, they started in the 70s. Then uh, the NRA also um change ownership or whatever from what I understand. And they started with the fear mongering and 
they're coming to take your guns and everything. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cut to the chase here. And I live today and I work with these guys. It, it's gone beyond gun culture. NRA, NRA used to be a, a very uh, respected agency. All they wanted to do, they were bipartisan. All they wanted to do was make sure people were safe with guns. Then they, yeah. again, they got bought out. Well, they get they, they, they get compromised. They get compromised too by the manufacturers. I mean, we got to hold them responsible as well. The NRA, as as, as Diane said, is, is is about to be bankrupt uh, because of their their nefarious behavior again. But someone else, will, yeah, someone else will move in. Some other organization. You're not going to get rid of this. My point is. Um, it, it, I got so much to say. It's hard to condense it all. But it, I I cannot believe it. You know, the last ten years with um, these cul-de-sac commandos, these alpha male dudes. There is this sense of like the the, the militia. The, um, they're coming to take our guns. Like it's going to be a civil war. Like they're they're all buying um, ARs. You know these. Um, semi-automatic assault rifles. And then you'll ask them, what do you have that for? Oh, it's my home protection. What do you do? You can expect 30 people. You're going to take a shot at somebody and end up putting a bullet through your neighbor's house a half block down the street. Really? Seriously, man. And I own guns. I've been been saying this for the longest time um, with regards to the guys that 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 mentality that says you know they're going to come take our guns away. I, I just want to let everybody know if the federal government or state government or compilation of all of the above decided that they were going to come take your guns, if they decided that you suddenly or if you feel that you've got enough armament to actually win that battle, um, I got I got some news for you. One word. Uh, it's, I got some news for you. It, it, it's 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 going to be it, it's it's not going to happen. You're not going to win that battle. One word. Drone. They're going to send a drone over here. They, they take you out with a drone. As well as they carry, you know, if they they can't go to the store to get a gallon of milk without packing heat. Yeah, it's like, I mean, dude, if somebody really wanted to take you out, they would sit in a tree somewhere with a high-powered rifle. They, they live in this fantasy world. They need to make their lives more exciting than they really are. Hey, Phil, I've, I've, I'm said, telling you, I've, I've said this before, and I'm going to let you go. Um, I've said this, and you got to call us back. That That's the way to—yeah, it's, 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 snipe, it's, it's a sniper-esque moment. We need to— <laughs> Sad to if say I can that wrap way. this up really quick, sure, quickly, we, they have, there is this, it is a social epidemic, and it's going to run its course, but these dudes really think that this whole alpha, like, they're so sexy and exciting with these guns. They live and breathe. I know that all they do, I know so many guys now that just, they live and breathe guns, and it's like, how boring is that? They think it's a personality trait. Yeah. Well, my thing is that this, it, it things need to... There need to be campaigns that it's not cool. It, it's it guns aren't really cool. They're a, they're a utilitarian. They're, you know, you're they're these dudes that go to the gun range and they're fantasizing about killing somebody in a self defense situation so they can brag to their friends. You know, it was him or me, man. I had to do. It, <laughs> it, that's not how it works. You're not at the OK Corral. They they do again. It goes back to this fantasy world that's this cult lives in, and, and, and that needs to be broken down. We need national laws to, um, yeah. you know, uh, a national mandate on guns. All but, right, Phil, deep breath. Wusa, 
Woosa, I'm going to let you go because yeah, I've got to grab a couple quick calls before we wrap up. But no, 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 no. I, I appreciate your passion. Like I've, I promised everybody you can bring that here. Phil, thanks for the call today, man. Have a great day. You be safe, and uh, we'll talk soon, okay? All right. All right. <laughs> Phil was winding it up, y'all. He's bringing that fastball. He wasn't going to throw the slider. He was bringing the fastball. But, you know, that that's what uh, Eric ta- and I talk about this a lot on the family meeting. Uh, change comes from fiscal or fiscal, fiscal or physical uh, pain in some cases, and in this case, messaging um, is part of that. And I think that the message on guns uh, needs to be: it's not cool to walk around with your AR strapped to you and four guns on your side. That's not cool. That's not, that's not sexy. So there could be, and I don't know if this necessarily would, wouldn't come from the administration, but there could be a uh, a campaign from some of our uh, uh, social groups, public groups that 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 do this, um, and, and mothers again. I think if there's a mothers against drunk driving. Is there a mothers against guns? I'm not sure, so don't don't quote me on that. And if I'm wrong, correct me. But that's kind of to Phil's point. The message is it's not cool to carry a gun, walk around with all this stuff strapped to you. I don't know. Just just kind of how I see it. I I I'm, I'm unyielding on this in this conversation. So uh, let's uh, let's take another quick call. We look like we've got our man Dave from Hoffman Estates. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning, Richard. See, you're getting more and more popular. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Getting a lot of the calls. Um, just to talk a little bit on the guns. Years ago, I've seen this meme back when. Uh, they, about they said, hey, Republicans, you did the, the coming for our guns when Clinton was president. You did two terms. You still had your guns. Yep. Then when Obama got to be president, you said the same name. They're coming to take our guns. He did his two terms. You still got your guns. And now, you know, they're trying to pull that up again with, uh, with uh, President Biden. And you still got your guns. So, like they said, do you think somebody's lying to you? <laughs> Dave, that is such a great way of positioning that. Do you think somebody's lying to you? And, and, and equally important, um, are you, have you actually become safer with the additional amount of guns that you have or that we have as a society? And I think the answer is probably no, because irrespective of who's in the White House, the shootings continue. Whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, I mean, there you could say they were down in certain categories during a Republican or Democratic administration, but the the fact still remains that they haven't gone down overall. They've gone up, and and Oberman's piece was was spot on. You know, it was we've got these we got anniversaries now, Dave, anniversaries of of shootings daily. Bullet doesn't know what no party. Or race or anything, but uh, talking about anniversaries, I just see where Saturday is going to mark the two-year anniversary since the war in Ukraine started. I know. I saw that um, and, last um, night. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the Ukraine. I uh, read an article where the army says it could run out of funding to protect Europe and Africa without Ukraine's aid package. Yeah. Funds from the Europe and Africa Army Command budget are being used to support Ukraine, and the lack of additional funding could leave the budget completely drained. Yeah. The Army is spending hundreds of millions of dollars to support Ukraine, and the Army spent $430 million on 
various operations, including training Ukrainian troops, transporting equipment, and U.S. troop deployments to Europe. This all since October 2023, the start of the fiscal year. Yeah. all from Peter to pay Paul, basically. And without a 2024 budget approved by Congress, and without additional funding specifically for Ukraine, the command roughly has $3 billion to pay for $5 billion of the operational costs, which also would include the uh, repairs and stuff to the barracks and stuff. You know, right. and, uh, and for recruiting, because the recruiting numbers are down. Yeah, you know, so and, they, and that's that's why I leaned into the conversation about, you know, the, the can is about to get kicked down the road again on, on our budget. And, of course, the House of Representatives is Republican. I won't say led, but they have the they've got the numbers there, but they're not doing the things that are going to benefit the country when it comes to just something as simple as passing the budget. And, you know, I I got appropriately, you know, I say criticized or or challenged last week when I brought up the conversation. And and Dave, thanks so much for calling. I'm going to make sure we time out this next break. Well, have a good day, David. Be safe getting uh, getting back. All right, man. Um, and, and thanks again to Dave, as always. Um, but listen, when I said last week that, you know, and some people were, were sort of challenged this, but the, the facts and the data don't 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 fail, that we've got to be mindful of what's happening in Ukraine. I don't know if Putin's going to if 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 Ukraine falls, so to speak, is he going to then go forward and try to take over Poland. I don't know that or any other other NATO nations surrounding or near near the border. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. But what I don't what I do know is I don't want to give him the opportunity to go forward. And what my point originally started with was the Trump comments about NATO. And he said, listen, you know, if if they don't pay up, you know, I'm president. I'm going to tell I'm going to let Russia do whatever they darn well, please. And, you know, guys, you guys know I'm paraphrasing, but you get the message. So I had some numbers that I wanted to just to read off real quickly before we go to break. And this links itself back to Johnson. Is is he a placeholder or is he, you know, really there to get legislation passed? Because he spends more a majority of his time seemingly just trying to keep his job versus getting legislation passed that um, is going to help his followers. And that's what I said earlier. So here's some quick numbers before we hit this break as it relates to NATO and funding and how this, in my mind, ties to, to Ukraine. Three point, I was talking about GDP last week. Poland spends 3.9% of its GDP, or that, that is what is the amount that goes toward their, their funding or their dues, if you will, with NATO. The U.S. is at 3.49, so I was a little bit off on that. Greece is at 3.01%. Estonia is at 2.73%. Lithuania is at 2.54%. Finland's at 2.45%. Romania is at 2.44%. Uh, Hungary is at 2.43%. Latvia is at 2.27%. The UK is at 2.07%. And Slovakia is at 2.03%. Finishing this off with France at one9 These are countries that are every day having to deal with the what if behind Russia because they're right there. So not one of the, only one of them, I'm sorry, France is below the 2% that is the sort of um, minimum or the loose requirement of GDP to go toward uh, their NATO dues. 
So not only was Trump stupid in what he said, not only was he stupid, he was reckless and once again uninformed because he didn't have the numbers. He just threw out once again a Donald Trumpism to rally up his stupid A supporters. But those are the numbers. And, and he should, after having been in the office for four years, understood that it's 2% of GDP. And the countries that are most at risk, if you will, of what Russia might do are actually paying up. France at 1.9%. So as it relates to Ukraine, I'm going to look at the numbers. You all can be upset all you want to, but the numbers don't lie. And yeah, I know somebody's going to say, yeah, but where is it coming from, Richard? Is it, is it, is it fake news? No. Whatever. The numbers don't lie. We have to be very, very guarded with the situation in, in Ukraine. Get the budget passed. Get those, get those dollars out there so that we can do what we can do to help. All right, we're going to take a quick break. 773-763-9278. Choose Views will be right back. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we're back. Thanks for supporting this show. Thanks for supporting the family meeting and so and also supporting the other shows that are broadcast here on, on WCPT. So uh, I just got a text that, that said, and a further comment on the subject of Trump and his not knowing the data, which he had in hand when he was president. So how could he not know that 2% was a threshold? Okay, just think about that for a second. Because he's an idiot. How do you bankrupt dozens of companies? Because he didn't pay his bills. And then you're going to tell somebody else, you got to pay up or I'm going to let Russia, if I'm president, do whatever they want to do. Let's just, you all know how I felt about that in the New York Times article or headline. And I'll talk about the New York Times later this week. But the lawsuits against him. You know, I'll take I'll take Sleepy Joe. I know we got issues with things with, with President Biden. And that's not respectful to say Sleepy Joe, but I know some people like using the monikers. I will take that dude right now, you know, stab versus shot, to use a phrase from my man Eric Grant. I'll take that that dude who has a more reasonable handle on the data and wouldn't be as so reckless as to say, I'm not I'm going to give Russia kind of a free pass to do whatever they darn well please. When, in fact, the dude that said that has had all these business failings and Hey, he's about to have to pay the piper. So you want to you, you want to just think about that. That's all I'm going to say in, the, in this in this moment because I, I want to stay on point with some of the things I want to handle. Um, and anyhow, to try to, to kind of put a bow on that to what Dave was saying about Ukraine. Um, yeah, we, we we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can help with the with the funding that's needed for there, the Middle East, and take care of stuff here at home. We don't have to do one or the other. We have to be more judicious in the use of that, those funds and that money. There's no question there. You get no pushback from me on that. However, we can, and in the case of Ukraine, as it relates to world safety, and we don't, I'm not talking about us being the world police and all that stuff. Don't, don't go down the road with me on that. I'm simply saying we have an opportunity there to stabilize a thing that has gotten way out of hand. And I'll stop there because we got to grab this quick call. Um, let's, go to, um, let's go to Ted real quick. Hey, good morning, hey, Ted. Richard. Hey, w- welcome to Choose Views. Uh, thanks for calling. What's going on? 
Yeah, Mike Fletcher, well, you got me fired up. I woke up about 7.30, heard you guys on the radio here. And, uh, yeah, I love the term cul-de-sac commando. Wasn't that cool? Uh, Oh, well, that fires me up because that's big for me because I am I'm a man of action, you know, and I hear you guys talking all the time. And, uh, you know, I have all the things they have, all the guns they have, but I'm not as impressed with that. You know, if I hear one of them popping off, I look at, first of all, are they in shape? The answer is usually not even close. <laughs> and then I say, hey, why wait? I, I look forward to meeting you out in the street, but why wait? Let's go hand to hand right now. Let's go hand-to-hand right now, called the sick commando. No guns. I got the guns you do. Let's drop them and see who really can back up their word. Yeah. Can you, th- as, as, we, as, as we say, Ted, not to cut you off, man, I'm riding, riding the other rail with you. As we say, yeah. can you throw down? Yeah. Right. <laughs> can you throw down? So just to let you know, I know a lot of people, you know, because let's face it, as Democrats, we got to protect the women and children, too, right? Well, we, we, have, most of, we have all the sack commandos on the other side. Hold you know? on, Ted. I, and, you, know, you know how I am on the gender stuff. We have to protect each other. So let's keep the. Well, okay. I, I hear what you're so saying, want, but let's. Let, we have to protect each other. Fair enough. But I want all the, all of the the callers to WCP, and I've been listening to your station since day one. I want them to know that they got warriors on their side too. Absolutely, right. we do. Yeah, I mean, and and Ted, I appreciate what you said about. Okay, great. I got this. I got those too. I got all that too. But how am I using it? Am I prepared to deal with it? Deal with things that go sideways if they're if I don't have them with me? Because that's really ultimately when you talk about protection, whether it be men, women, or children, it's what can you do in the moment? Are you prepared for the things that you weren't expecting to happen? When you don't have all this "quote unquote" armament, and I know, I know, I know, Another resolution, right, Ted? I know yeah. you probably laugh at this one. I know you probably have seen things on social media where there's a guy standing at a Dunkin' Donuts and he's got an AR strapped, he's got this and he's got all that stuff. And and okay, I just have to say this to you and be honest with me: when you've seen those pictures posted of these dudes, to your own yeah. words, that may not be in the fittest of shape. Haven't you said to yourself, man, I could sneak up behind you and hit you in the back of the head and you wouldn't even have time to grab your guns. Well, you know what? And as you know, you don't even say that. You just do it. Right. right? That, that, that's the key. Right. <laughs> but in any event, yeah, that, that's uh, uh, I don't want. Uh, so by the way, I got to give a quick plug. I do no social social media other than the YouTube channel I have of all my great music that I've recorded oh, and written. man. It's only social media I do. Other than you're, you know, listening to the radio. Let me me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. How many times have you gone onto YouTube and you started to listen to something, you found a a piece of music that you liked, and then there Uh there there was an artist that was, you know, part of a song, and then next thing you know, you pulled that person up, and then an hour later, you've, you've listened. Oh, that's horrible. Has that ever happened to you? Be honest. Well, finish. I, I should let you finish. No, 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 no. But, but you know what I'm talking about. So the next thing you do, you've done with regard to music, you've gone down this yeah. kind of cool rabbit hole of music and different things that you haven't listened to in a while, or one artist connected you to the next artist, to the next, absolutely. to the next. Has that ever happened that to you? Cool. Be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, you hope it happens to you as an artist, right? Somehow they work their way to you. There you, you know? go. That's true. Yeah. Phil, what you, t- I'm sorry, Ted, what you got planned for the day? Is it a busy day for you or are you taking it easy? What's happening? No, 
it, you know, you know, Richard. In fact, that's that's the whole idea. When you talk about Sleepy Joe, hey, to me, a great leader keeps it cool for everybody around them. So I am at home here being grateful, thanking God for my family and my retirement, my home, and being here in Chicago, Illinois, USA. And uh, and just hoping that everybody around me has a good day. And I want to keep myself uh, in, in a position where I'm always there to help them, but not causing any drama for them. There it is. I love it, man. I really do. And that's that's the that's the essence of knowing who you are and what you're all about. So, Ted, I appreciate your call. You. I really do. And no um, I hope you have a enjoyable, sunny, 62 degree day in Chicago. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thanks for calling. Thank yeah, my man Teddy's like, okay, dude, let's throw down. You know what you got, and and you know, and and, and the the form the the late uh, uh, comedian from Chicago, Bernie Mac, used to say, "Who you with?" And Ted sounds like that kind of guy. Who you with? You know, he and and, and again, I know that, and I I listen, y'all. I, you know, I'm gonna correct you in the moment, but not out of disrespect. Um, we got to protect each other. We got to look out for each other. It's not just looking out for the women and children. And I, but I know what Ted was saying, and, and I get that, and I respect that. And as 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 progressives, as folks in general, I mean, I have to put a political gang on it, as uh, as my man Eric Grant would say, we, we just got to do the work. And that speaks to why we can't let the distractions right now get us away from what we want to lean into, which are the interests that are important to all of us. So many people are easily distracted because they get, you know, locked into one thing and they don't see how there are other things connected. And that's why I try to be the dude that says, okay, here I am, this is me, and I've got dotted lines to a lot of things, and how can I lean into those and tie it all together? Because I think the more we do that, uh, the more inclusive we are. And when people aren't acting right, when they're not thinking right, you got to call them on it, not out of disrespect, but so that you stay focused. You know, and I think that that's one of the things that, that sometimes, candidly, the the progressive liberal democratic conversation misses. But that's my observation. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the purple plan. My cousin, Barb, pulled me aside uh, the other day at a fan, at uh, the celebration for my my late uh, mother-in-law, Mary Jane, um, Byer Walter. And she said, Richard, this is something I want you to do or something to consider. So, Barb, if you are listening, I have put together some of the initial parts of the purple plan, and uh, I hope to kind of drop that knowledge on you guys in the, over the next couple of days. And I may be bringing on um, to talk to us a little bit about that, uh, Allison Loggenbaugh, who is the uh, newly elected last year about this time, or actually in April, uh, city council member in Naperville to talk about some of the things that she sees can help in terms of purple districts and, and purple-esque states. So we're going to talk about that uh, through the course of the, the rest of the week, and I'm excited about that. Um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, okay, we got our callers taken care of. We're moving in a good direction. As you guys know, coming up next is the Stephanie Miller Show. And after that, Tom Hartland, the great, the great Joan Esposito, and driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Don't want to miss out on on, on those folks. Uh, basically, when we when we talk about uh, the shows here on CPT, uh, I'm always going to be one to to give shout outs to the people who follow me 
and um, also to you as a listener. So that's just kind of how I am. As repetitive as that may be, it's part of what I believe. So um, y'all just got to deal with that. Uh, Once again, uh, circling back to where we started uh, with Black History Month, a good friend of mine said, hey, man, you're not, you know, what's up with you not talking about Black History Month? So I was like, all right, cool. I'll I'll get you. Um, Being Serena, HBO original, uh, Danielle Luna, supermodel, going to Mars, uh, the Nikki Giovanni project. And I'm in love with some Nikki Giovanni. I mean, if you all want to learn and listen, uh, black or white, Asian, Hispanic, Middle Eastern, (laughs) faithful or not, religious or not, whatever. If you want to have somebody get in your head um, and and help you think and help you use the brain that you have and help you um, (laughs) kind of put it on the line, you need to you need to get you some Nikki Giovanni. You need to Google her. I'm telling you all Google Nikki Giovanni. And as I said before, listen, read, follow and hell, YouTube is a great tool to go back to what Ted said uh, for that. Um, but check her out as part of Black History Month and in general. Um, the Shaq uh, documentary and then, of course, Tiger, the rise, the fall and the um, the return. I think, uh, it would get, you know, do you guys some good? These are some black history makers, five black history makers that you guys should check out um, as soon as you can. And uh, let me know what you think. So as we're coming to the end of our show today, um, we've got a little bit of time. We're going to kind of wrap up uh, here. But like I said, the rest of the week, we're going to be leaning into the Purple Plan. I know we're going to be talking about guns uh, because that's a hot topic right now. No no disrespect meant by that. And people are, are hitting me up on social media about it. So I definitely want to do my job in um, in covering that as much as we can. Uh, it's been a great show today. I appreciate everybody that's called in, that's following us on Facebook Live. Um, and that is, um, if you want to find the show, um, you, can go to, you can go to Facebook Live and we can go to SoundCloud. Is that correct? Let me get that right. Yes, Facebook, uh, WCPT 820 AM and also SoundCloud, WCPT 820. There you go. So listen, thanks for tuning in to Choose Views. We will let you guys go and enjoy your sunny day today. The number here always is 773-763-9278. It's been great serving you today. Have a fantastic Tuesday.